Hello, my name is Dean Bobar, and I am the Adult Life Minister at Christ Pacific Church in Huntington Beach, California. As a church, we are seeking to cultivate a vibrant community of faith, hope, and love that follows Jesus into the world so our neighbors may also experience God's goodness. You're listening to our Year in the Bible podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us or to subscribe to this podcast, visit us at cpchb.org. As you make your way through the Bible, have you ever noticed that some books of the Bible are stranger than others? Perhaps Leviticus or Revelation comes to mind when you think of this question. One really strange book in the Old Testament, perhaps the strangest, is the book of Ezekiel. For this week's podcast, I'm going to explore with you the strange book of Ezekiel and its message for us about God and God's people and God's future. To begin, I thought it'd be helpful to lay out Ezekiel's background and purpose. Then we can cover the book's message and themes. As with most prophetic books, the first few verses of Ezekiel help us to orient the book within the history and story of God's dealings with God's people. And so here is Ezekiel chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. In the thirtieth year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the exiles by the Kibar Canal, the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. On the fifth day of the month, it was the fifth year of the exile of King Jehoiakim, the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzi, in the land of the Chaldeans by the Kibar Canal, and the hand of the Lord was upon him there. The background for Ezekiel and his audience is that of exile. The prophet Ezekiel received his calling from God in 593 BC while he was in Babylon after being exiled in 597 BC with other elites from the southern kingdom of Judah. This exile was the second of three exiles that ended with the destruction of Jerusalem and its temple in 586 BC. And the first of these exiles was in 605 BC. God allowed the Neo-Babylonian Empire to do this because of the southern kingdom's repeated failure to be faithful to the covenant God had made with them through Moses at Mount Sinai. See Exodus chapters 19 through 24. Ezekiel spoke to those in exile with the likelihood of further judgment from God on the horizon. In particular, both Ezekiel and his audience are in Babylon by the Kedar Canal. The purpose of Ezekiel is, on the one hand, to warn the community in exile about the consequences of their sins, and on the other hand, to give hope to them for God's promised new life and restoration. As a priest of Israel, Ezekiel was gripped by a priestly imagination. For Ezekiel, God's judgment and hope for a future are to be understood in terms of God's holy presence with his holy people in God's holy place. In fact, the whole book is framed by God's glorious presence leaving the temple in Jerusalem and returning to God's renewed temple. Now, in light of this background and purpose, we can go over the book's message and themes. The message of the book can be understood in terms of the themes of God's holiness, glory, and sovereignty. Each one of these themes fleshes out for us the prophetic drama of judgment and hope in the book of Ezekiel. Let's get started with God's holiness. God is holy and has redeemed his people to be in a relationship of holiness with him. 
This expectation is encapsulated in Leviticus 19.2, when God says through Moses to his people, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. See also Exodus chapter 19, verses 4 through 6. This emphasis was a fit with Ezekiel being a priest of Israel, as we've already talked about. Along with God's holiness, the book also stresses the corruption that came with their spiritual adultery. God was their husband, but they were unfaithful in their covenant with him. Next, we can speak of the theme of God's glory. God's glorious presence leaves the temple in Jerusalem because of their defiling of God's holy dwelling place among them and their defaming of his name. God's people partook of God's glory and were called to be bearers of God's glorious name to the nations. After God redeemed the Israelites from Egyptian slavery, God called them to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. See Exodus 19, 4 through 6 again. They were to be holy like God and act as priests on the world stage, bringing God to the world and the world to God. Instead of bringing glory to God, God's people in the Old Testament defamed God. And this came to a climax in the exiling of the northern kingdom in 722 BC by the Neo-Assyrian Empire and their southern kingdom in 586 BC by the Neo-Babylonian Empire. We see Ezekiel on the brink of the southern kingdom's destruction as God is about to bring about the judgment he promised in the covenant for breaking it. Finally, the theme of God's sovereignty fills out the picture for us. We see God's sovereignty expressed on the stage of world history. God not only brings about in a sovereign way judgment on Judah in chapters 4 through 24 and the nations in chapters 25 through 32, but also new life and restoration for God's people, chapters 33 through 48. The vision of a renewed creation with a renewed temple at its center in chapters 40 through 48 has captured the imagination of readers for centuries, and informs John as he writes the book of Revelation. One particular promise of God is important for understanding the new life God spoke of through the prophet Ezekiel. Ezekiel 36, verse 26 and 27 reads, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey all my rules. God's people need to have a new heart, that central part of us from which we desire, will, and choose. Through union with Christ, we receive a new heart as God's spirit gives us new birth and a renewed orientation to life. The fulfillment of this promise comes in our everyday lives as we walk by God's Spirit as followers of Jesus. Perhaps this is what Paul had in mind when he spoke of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 16 through 26. Here again, this call to walk by the Spirit. Listen to what Paul said in Galatians 5, 16 and 17. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Thanks so much for joining us for our Year in the Bible podcast. If you'd like to hear more about our Year in the Bible campaign, to subscribe, 
or learn how you can become engaged with us as a church, please visit us at cpchb.org.